This is 2 Chronicles 28. It's about King Ahaz. And in fact, it is about wicked King Ahaz. Uh, one of my sons asked me, well, Dad, if you, call, if you call Manasseh, you always say bad King Manasseh. And I said, that's right, I do. And they say, so if you talk about Ahaz, do you talk, say bad King Ahaz? Say, no, I say wicked King Ahaz. So there's a difference. Manasseh was bad uh, and really, really bad. Really, really bad. Manasseh, or Ahaz, also really, really bad. I just call one one thing and one the other thing. But on your sheet, um, if you, uh, you don't have to necessarily follow along here, but um, I have uh, the, your, your opening page, and notice I made the expense for this group of using color in the photocopier for you, for the little blue arrows. I went back to 742 because two things happened there that are important. One is that um, King Menahem or Menachem of Israel had paid tribute to Assyria, and we're coming up on a repeat of that. And uh, that was the year that Jotham, uh, or uh, no, Jotham was already uh, co-reigning at that point. But then Pika, uh, not a Pokemon, Pika, rival king, uh, is, uh, is uh, killed, and Pekahiah becomes king in Samaria for a year and a half, two years or so. He dies in 740, the year that Uzziah, who was the old guy with leprosy in his feet, he dies that same year. And so Pekah is sole king in Israel up north, and Jotham is sole king in Judah down south. Jotham, not a bad, not a terrible ruler, but okay ruler. Then we get to 735, and for whatever reason, uh, the chronology looks nice and neat on your sheet. It's really hard. And I don't know if I have it exactly right, but there it is in print. So uh, 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 Jotham either died, uh, he seems to die later um, after the reason Pika attack, but he's not involved in it as Ahaz was. So did he stop reigning for a while? Did he step down from being king? He kind of, is he, he's not senile, but is he just not king anymore? I don't exactly know what happened with Jotham, but in the south, and maybe Ahaz just kind of kicked him off the throne, like, uh, dad, you can live, but I'm in charge now, that kind of thing. The key years are 734, 733, 732, where we have this thing with these guys, reason of, of Aram and Pekah of Israel attack Judah. Um, and after that time, a guy, down, a guy up north named Hoshea assassinates Pekah. So Pekah's been killed. That guy then is the last king of Israel, Hoshea, final king of Israel. And then Jotham eventually dies, uh, and Ahaz is already reigning. And down at the bottom of the sheet, then you have just a couple of things. Samaria falls in 722, and Ahaz at 36 uh, dies in 715 after Samaria falls. So he ruled beginning at age 20 for 16 years. And the Bible doesn't tell us why he died. Like disease, murder, Usually if he's killed, they'll tell us, but he was diseased, um, maybe, or something else. Or could it be, you know, uh, 
fast-moving cancer or something. Sometimes you get the feeling that that was around. It could be or whatever. So fall from a window. Um, I also want to uh, go back. Can I go back to the top of the thing? So Menahem had murdered King Shalom at the, at the 742 at the top. So King Shalom wasn't around just that long ago, actually. And I want to bring that up because his name, or the name Shalom, shows up later in this chapter. Just keep that in your head. And that is all. And we are just about ready to start the chapter. So chapter 28, we're only doing one chapter tonight. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he ruled in Jerusalem for 16 years. He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. So, okay, that's not new with kings of Judah, not the greatest king, except this guy never rebounds. This rubber band does not snap back. Uh, instead, he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made cast images for the Baals and sent up sacrifices and smoke in the valley of the son of Hinnom, or Ben-Hinnom, or in Aramaic, Gehenna. So that's the picture of hell in the Bible, is to talk about Gehenna, which is this valley. I'll show you a picture of it later. This valley outside the, the, the southern door of, of Jerusalem. There's this little valley. It's not really that big, a few houses wide, where there was a constant fire in Old Testament times. It was their garbage dump. Um, so he burned his sons in the fire in keeping with the disgusting practices of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the people of Israel. So, um, by the way, uh, that practice of burning your own children in fire, I'll talk about it, but there's no picture. So don't, fear not, okay? So, he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under, not some, but every leafy tree. So some of the other kings, like a good king, they'll say he did this and this and this, walked in the ways of his fathers, and however, he didn't take down the high places. Well, this guy visited all the high places and burned incense at all of them. So that's, that's Ahaz. So let's go through these four things that he did. Um, first of all, he made cast images for the Baals. I didn't bring a picture, but... Uh, uh, cast, who can tell me what it means to cast an image? Yeah, pour uh, a mold with metal. Typically, a cast image would be done... Uh, anybody else here read Johnny Tremaine? Like in grade school or something a long time ago? Johnny... Yes, he works for Paul Revere, silversmith. He gets his hand cut open and he doesn't take care of it and yeah, bad things happen. Anyway, Johnny Tremaine. Um, uh, so in this case, uh, rather than have uh, just a shell that you would pour metal into and maybe have a core or something, this is more likely to be done with um, wax where you would carve in wax exactly what the image would be like and then you take the wax put it in into something, and often that would be green sand. Green sand is sand that is, has been soaking by a river or an or a ocean for a long time, and it's, it's a special kind of sand that retains its shape. So it's really good for sand castles. 
stuff like that, unlike desert sand, which would just collapse. So green sand holds its shape. You put the shape in there, and probably two uh, sticks or straws, something like that, and then form the sand around it, put a frame around that so it would retain its shape and not just, uh, just, just push out and dissolve. Um, and then you remove the straws, so there are two holes, at least two holes. You've estimated how much metal, let's just say it's uh, lead or silver. You estimate how much metal you're going to be using, and then you pour it into one of the two holes. It will instantly destroy the wax, right? And then what will come out the other hole at first is the wax vapor. Don't breathe that if you're trying this at home. Uh, unless you really have a terrible, terrible cold and you want to coat your throat with wax. No, don't do that either. Um, I forget I'm recording sometimes. And, um, and then eventually the wax will stop coming out as vapor and, and some of the metal will come out. And when some of that has come out, then you know that you filled the, the whole thing. You may pour a little bit more for good measure to make sure there are no bubbles or anything or undissolved wax. And then after you're done, then you let it sit and let it begin to cool and so forth. And after it's cooled, um, I don't know, a day, maybe more than that, um, you can remove the, remove the frame and destroy the sand, and then your object is there. And then you'll have two little pieces. Preferably, hopefully, you, you put the, piece, the, 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 the holes either in the bottom or the back, so you can just you know, shave them off or whatever with a knife or something. And then, then you've got your object. That's casting an image. And the bales were typically uh, G.I. Joe or Barbie size, so 11, 12 inches, typical bale. And often with this hand up raised, I often compare him to the quarterback I used to have in electric football as a kid, because it, it would always be like that to throw the little felt football. And in his hand would be a lightning bolt, usually made of bright copper or brass. But kids being kids, I don't know if any bale image has ever been discovered with the copper lightning bolt intact. So you, oh, lots of them. Yeah, lots of bales. But the lightning bolt's always gone. And there's a little hole, you know, through the, through the hand. So it, he was holding something. And in, 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 in physical images, like carvings, he's always shown with a lightning bolt. Which is why we know what it was. It's just that, you know, I mean... What's a young 20-year-old to do? His, his girlfriend wants a copper ring, so he steals Bale's lightning bolt and make it, I don't know, whatever. So, alrighty. Then, the, uh, uh, sin number two might be related to sin number three. He sent up sacrifices. This is Ahaz, King Ahaz. He sent up sacrifices and smoke in the valley of the sons of, son of Hinnom or Ben-Hinnom. Um, but that sacrifice of smoke was usually burning a child in the fire. So if you can imagine a pot-bellied stove, hollow, right? You stoke it up with wood or coal, and then it would have two pretend hands coming out, also hollow, and they, the fire would get into them, they'd be red hot, and then place the sacrifice in the hands and it would burn. And, uh, uh, so, and some of the kings did this. And about that, the Lord said, that hadn't even occurred to me. God says that in the Bible. Like, you, really, you guys? That I didn't even think of that. 
and, uh, uh, and so a horrible, horrible thing the Amorites had done um, that the Lord just drove them out and was merciless to them because of that kind of stuff. There is a question, though. If, if Ahaz did this, how can his son Hezekiah become king after this? And the Mishnah, the oral tradition, I have a copy, a written copy of the oral tradition in my office. Um, the Mishnah says that Ahaz's wife, uh, her name was Abby or Abijah, that she coated her son Hezekiah in either the, 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 the slime or the blood of a salamander so that he didn't burn. You know, he, he kind of fried but didn't burn. And then when the king turned away, she snatched him and got him out of there so she could take him away, you know, um, and, uh, and preserve him. So interesting side note. Not biblical, but it's in the in the oral, uh, Jewish oral tradition. And then finally, this guy also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, under every leafy tree. This would be Asherah worship. So a lot of different gods and goddesses, Baal and Asherah, two different, and Molech, the, which is the, the, the burning in Ben-Hinnom, different gods. Um, and it reminds me of, do I have time to tell this story? Oh, why not? Reminds me of Hermann Goering. You guys know who he was? He was a World War I flying ace for Germany and became the number two or three guy under Hitler in World War II. So, Himmler second, Goering third. And uh, so, um, uh, Goering was also the, he was the, in charge of the Luftwaffe, the, the, the Air Force, German Air Force. And uh, um, uh, if you want to know what he looked like, uh, the, the guy who played Sergeant Schultz on Hogan's Heroes poses as Goering once or twice. So that's the dimensions. If you can see Schultz, you can see Goering. And um, a pastor of our fellowship, this is a true story, a pastor of our fellowship working as a chaplain during World War II, had to minister to Goering after the war was over, before the Nuremberg trials. And before Goering committed suicide, this, this pastor was, the Lutheran, American Lutheran pastor, was ministering to Goering, who uh, refused communion um, and, and other things, and had said that, no, Christianity, I don't, I don't really believe in all that. But then, as, as his death approached, the trials were going on, Gehring said one day, maybe I should have communion just to cover all my bases. That's not the finest confession of faith uh, I've ever heard. And the minister, to his credit, uh, refused him communion. Um, and he committed suicide by cyanide pill. One of his buttons was a cyanide pill, I think, uh, a few days after that and killed himself. Um, but to, to cover all of your theological bases is kind of what Ahaz was doing with all of these different kinds of sacrifices. He thought he would cover it. We'll also hear um, him respond to uh, the prophet Isaiah holding out the Lord to him. This is Ben-Hinnom, the valley. Uh, this is a picture of it taken in 1948 after the uh, Israeli 1947-8 uh, war. Do you see the, the, the wall on the upper left? The top of the hill? That's Jerusalem. 
So uh, down the hill, at the bottom of the hill, you see kind of another wall. If you follow the tree line down the hill, you'll see there's kind of another wall at the bottom. It's not really a wall. That's a cut in the hillside, and those are graves or tombs cut into the hillside of Ben-Hinnom. Um, and then this r- sort of ramshackle village uh, is what, what this is. It, to me, this looks like a model. These, 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 these buildings are so poorly built. This is an actual photograph, though, from the 1940s. And these buildings are two or three different styles, kind of crammed together. Uh, you've got, there's a church here in New Ulm that grew a couple different decades and diff, they, they got different architects each time. And so it doesn't look the same on one end as the other, different colors, different bricks, different styles. It's, it's down on the other end of town. It's not St. John's. But it is Lutheran. Uh, I've said enough. And uh, uh, um, uh, it's also not Redeemer. Um, but the, these, these houses, um, you know, you got three different kinds. On the left, you have, I see windows that are beautiful, like with arches. And on the right, I see windows that belong in the Wild West in America. Like they're just hacked out of a board in the side of the building. So you've got poverty here in, in, in various kinds. Well, in biblical times, the houses probably wouldn't have been there, or not this many. And it was the dump of Jerusalem. Where do you take your poop, you know, without plumbing? I mean, let's just be real about this. This was the dump, and it burned constantly. And so later on, it became the image of hell. It's always on fire, always stinks, not a place you want to be. And they also threw the bodies of undesirables and outsiders, criminals and things, into this place. Um, there may have been a community tomb. I don't think that they burned them, but community grave or something like that. So not a nice place at all. Okay. All right, enough of that. So the Lord his God, this is, again, King Ahaz, The Lord his God gave him into the hand of the king of Aram. The Arameans defeated him and captured a great number of prisoners who were taken to Damascus. Ahaz was also given into the hand of the king of Israel, who dealt him a heavy blow. Uh, Do you remember last time how big of an army Jotham was able to field? It's like half the strength of Moses' army. Moses had around 600,000. Jotham had around 300,000. Now, this guy in one day, a generation, or not even a generation after Jotham, he loses 120,000 men. That's a third of his army, probably. So in one day, Pekah, son of Remaliah, that's the king of Israel up north, killed 120,000 men in Judah, all of them strong warriors, because they had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. Can you imagine our military losing a third of its entire number in one battle? I I can't. Even in the Civil War, I mean, a, a, a division might lose a quarter of its strength, half its strength, but to lose of the entire army? That's something else entirely. This was a horrific uh, um, incident that happened here. And also, because this happened right up on the north end of Jerusalem, um, I've, 
I've given this battle a name and nobody else in the world has ever given this battle a name. Do you think my name will catch on? I don't know. So it's going on YouTube. So maybe. Anyway, I call it the Battle of the Saddle because north of Jerusalem, uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, skyline does this. It's this dip. It's called the Saddle of Benjamin, actually. So it's the mountain pass by which you get from the north, from Ephraim to Jerusalem. You go over the Saddle of Benjamin. And that's where this seems to have happened, right on the way down to Jerusalem. So Battle of the Saddle. And we're going to see that some of the people who were fighting in this battle were right at the gates of Jerusalem. Maybe even they even got into the temple area because it's like the major domo of the king's palace is killed in this battle. What's he doing out there unless it's inside the city itself? So, yeah, this is the incident. Zikri, a strong warrior from Ephraim, killed the king's son, Maasiah. Obviously, he wasn't sacrificed to, to Molech, but he died in the battle. The, probably the prince, you know, the one who was going to be king. As well as uh, Azrakam, the chief officer of the palace, that'd be the major domo, the guy in charge of the whole household, would take care of details, hire and fire the servants and the maids and things like that. That's the major domo. And then Elkanah, second in command of the king, so if the king, for one thing, if the king is 20, how old is, no, and he's not 20 now. This happens, how long has he been king? Ahaz begins reigning in 735 at age, yeah, at age 20. And around the year 732, this happens. So if he had a son at 18, his son would only have been about eight. His king, his son would be five. Yeah, his little son. Uh, is, uh, is killed. Um, the other possibility, there is one other possibility, and that is that Ahaz had a brother who would also be called the king's son. But, uh, but, Elk, but my, my point, if it was Ahaz's son, then Elkanah, this last guy to die, the second in command of the king, would have been like the, the, the guide, the guardian of the little prince who died. He's actually second in command, but the, the son is going to take over eventually, that kind of a thing. Um, but they're both killed. Okay. Which brings us, uh, uh, that, that incident, I know it, it took us a long time to get that far, but that brings us uh, then to the end of this part. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.